Hey guys, Riley here, episode 10, holy smokes, we got Pony Girl in the studio, apartment that I live in, They're, they did two live songs, they did some talking, I did some talking, Adam did some talking, it's great, we talked, they played, it was wondrous, um, I'm really liking this arrangement where I don't have to go out and see bands anymore because they just come and play in my living room, um, it's really working out for me, uh, from the download numbers I see, it's working out for you guys too, so that's great. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's get into episode 10, Pony Girl. You say don't worry now, it's nobody else. I wanna feel it, I wanna feel Watch how your body and mind collide. Nothing between us, just you and I. Leave the faith that tries to answer Leave faith in others Leave the faith that tries to answer Leave faith in others I'm a believer, do I get a price? Transmigration only in you I listen as you stare right through me inside That little black dress Sheer enough to share the line That draws your perfect Isolating shape Sheer enough To let me wander Across your holy state Can I stay Forever Every day I'll never leave this place You say I don't stop until I reach the sky Please keep me up there, please keep me up Office communion, both knees on the ground My host in your care, without the hands Leave the faith that tries to answer Leave faith in others Leave the faith that tries to answer Leave faith in others The Eucharist caressing my tongue inside I'd eat it all day, I'd eat it all The last meal left you full and so satisfied No room for candy, just you and I it, When I listen to it, it's a lot of people sort of uh, sort of out of phase with their loved ones, out of phase with sort of society, out of phase with uh, just where they think they should be in their lives. And how much did that sort of disconnect... Was that from the band? Who who writes lyrics? What how 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 did the writing of this come about? Um, Foreign Life. Me and Julian started working on this record in 2012 ish. So before we even had this band going on, and at the time it was really close to us. We were doing it because we were feeling all these things, and the lyrics kind of reflected that. And obviously through time it grew and. I kind of added a bit more to it and sort of explored the themes a bit more, um, you know, to keep it relevant and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it just it, it that that whole process was like uh, 
taking off this like really wet and heavy coat that you had on and it feels great to not have it on anymore (laughs) (laughs) amazing actually can we go deeper into what was going on then is that is that for public Um, record yeah no totally it's i mean i the lyrics i think are not too ambiguous at least compared to our first record it's a bit more there's a bit more contrast there so it's a bit straightforward more straightforward at least sorry um i wouldn't say it it is the most straightforward but um i think every song talks about different things that i was feeling at the time i mean not that everything was all these things are happening all at once or anything like that but these realizations or these sort of um feelings that i was having so most of it is fairly subjective in that sense which i think most music is you know or at least it's You'd like to think that maybe sometimes it's a sort of uh, you're just viewing something and describing it because I guess you can do that. You could read the newspaper and write a story, a uh, song about it. The story would be the same. Um, so I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess I could talk about a specific song in in particular. I think I think it was more like where I was. I was much younger. I think when we when I was thinking about it, I was you know early twenties, and so a lot of those feelings are kind of normal for everyone around that age and i mean throughout your entire life but it gets kind of easier to accept a lot of these things yeah it's like first coming to terms with what's up like with life and stuff sort of yeah Yeah. there's just certain more responsibility and stuff yeah that you that will always be the way they are and there's a certain reality to most things whether it's positive or negative it's different for everybody but um so we just kind of wanted to explore that and so there's not much hope in there. I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was. I, was is the song name Adultery? Yeah. Yeah. I went through and I just looked up the lyrics for that because I was like, is this really what they're? Oh, yeah, it is. It's a. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I thought like, why not? Right. I mean, if you if you actually go through an experience, then what what better position are you in? And to talk about it, right? Because it's easy to like write something and kind of try to have sort of, I don't know, empathy or project the sort of romanticized version of it. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of really be blunt about it and yeah. just actually say it the way it felt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I mean, with adultery, it's basically that it's like going through that and kind of realizing what that is and in that particular instance it's kind of kind of rekindling to um your relationship with that person and it's a positive thing for sure but it's not fun to talk about but i I still want to talk about it because i think it's important and i i mean that's my most i think it's the most interesting thing and the thing i'm most interested in in lyrics is just creating discourse uh or just talking about things. I don't necessarily believe in everything that I write as far as like, oh, I'm talking about, you know, um, I, I don't know, the, you know, self, self-objectification of women. That doesn't mean that I necessarily am for it, but I think it's important to push it out there and to talk more about it. That's just a random, I, the first thing that came up to mind that I, right. that is ugly, but... Or like Donald Trump or whatever, yeah, exactly. whatever you guys talk about. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. I talk about Donald Trump that I support him, right? It's, yeah. Uh, why didn't this become the lyrics or the basis for the first album? Why delay it? I think um, the boys had a 
a theme going on for for foreign life and they just thought that those songs didn't really fit with show me your fears yeah essentially it's um when we started writing some of the music for that it was uh we had like way too many songs we had i don't know like 30 or 40 tracks and then we were we just decided okay we're gonna have to pick and choose how these things are gonna be categorized so like uh yeah, we always knew we wanted to make this album called Foreign Life, and it would it would be an LP, a full length. But uh, we weren't sure exactly what to do with all the other tracks. So yeah, we just kind of split it into two, and then decided to do Show Me Your Fears first. And uh, but yeah, they were sort of from the same like wave of batch, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's like it, it's all coming from a similar place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. With Show Me Your Fears, the thing we had there is that we, that was when we first formed the band. And so we kind of just went with that, whatever the energy was there. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of like new stuff there, new arranging. There was, there was way less uh, planning and thinking involved, um, and for like better or for worse, you know. Perfectionist, like nitpicking. Exactly. Stuff. Like yeah. Foreign Life was way more like meticulously like made, I guess. Yeah. We yeah. spent a lot of time on details and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just trying to figure out what we wanted to sound like as a band, and then that's what we produced as an album. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Oops, sorry. Um, so they all come from the same uh, sort of creative period. Mm-hmm. Coming back at it, like uh, "Show Me Your Fears" twenty thirteen, uh, "Foreign Life" twenty fifteen. Yep. Is, is, is it tough to go back and revisit those sorts of that energy that you had at that time when you were writing these things? Absolutely, yeah. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, it's well, we're always thinking of ways. Oh, we could have done that better. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. You know, we're different. The band is just the members of the band are different now. Yeah, we have different tastes too. Like they change and evolve, and then we grow. And it's been fun to go back and rearrange tracks like we started doing please do which was an instrumental track on the first record live and it has vocals in it now and it has like an insane like end section with like crazy drums and like it's so loud and on the record it's the quietest thing (laughs) so that's kind of fun it's like going back and like trying to picking the things that we like right now about it you know emphasizing that and things that we don't like about well whatever change them exactly do something completely different and that's kind of what's fun about playing live music is that flexibility and that sort of let's try it out. Like, have we done this before? No. Okay. Let's try it. See how it goes. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Failed. Yeah. Yeah, or no, that, that was great. That was kind of good. Yeah. So, cause we're, we're learning, we're, we're experimenting, uh, in our own way. Right. So for us, when we do something, uh, it might seem very different or new to us, not to say that it is in any way, you know, as a, as a listener, but, so I think it's it's in in that sense we're just trying to do things that are not gonna bore us to death. Yeah, exactly. And we're we're always coming up, or I, I, at least I, like my in my head, there's always like new ideas every day, or well, when I'm inspired. Uh, but there's always like new stuff, and I always want to just look forward and like look to the future and like keep making new stuff and just have a good time and like just let's try a bunch of crazy shit and. Um, but, you know, we just put out this record that's, like, old stuff, but we have to, like, keep 
playing it live and stuff. So it is definitely like a difficult balance sometimes. But uh, yeah, you do the you do what you can with uh, what yeah. you have. Yeah, you got to put the wet coat like back on. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. There you go. But this time you'll put maybe like a raincoat or a plastic poncho under it so you don't get wet. <laughs> mm. You know, but it it can be heavy. Yeah. S- Sweet, the weight is still there. <laughs> <laughs> like for, that, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, for instance, like Candy, um, when we played in Montreal last night, we decided not to play that song just because we felt like it may not translate as well um, as the other songs in our from Foreign Life, just because Candy's like this dream pop electronic yeah. boy girl kind of song. And then we With heard a drum beat that won't let you settle. <laughs> 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 And then we heard last night that some people were disappointed we didn't play it. And yeah. we were like, oh, okay, well, maybe we have to kind of revisit that one and yeah. see how we can make it work in a live setting. Yeah, I mean, some, it's a feeling thing. Like We weren't feeling it for this particular show. And maybe, you know, next one, when we're playing at the Tim Hortons Dragon Boat Festival, <laughs> June 25th <laughs> Tim Hortons. at 6.30 p.m. with all days, maybe that'll be a good time to play it. Uh, so let's talk about a revisiting foreign life material. As you guys get a little bit older, you know, hopefully more detached from some of the things that you, you know, are talking about on it. Is it tough to revisit that stuff? Is it tough to come back and say, this was me at a time? Do you self-edit that so that you come across as a more positive light? Or do you risk, you know, it, it cutting into your artistry? Like, how? what's that like? writing something then putting it aside for so long or mm-hmm. did it more evolve as you guys were playing live like how what, how how was that it's mm. a good question um live it's definitely different like we take a lot more liberties we have instrumental sections we have solo sections we try different like nuances or details in the arrangement like all the time it's things that if you're kind of a first time listener you probably won't notice but we're constantly just trying things within those arrangements um the objectivity is good like just taking some time off from it like it because you get so close to something uh so it's i think it's important to step away from it and then listening to it again you're like oh like i don't mind it as much as i once did um yeah exactly because um for example that uh pascal and i went to montreal to finish mixing the album and uh it was about like five six days of like full day work kind of thing and um, yeah, by the end of it, you're so sick of listening to it. To the, <laughs> yeah. It's like some of the tracks, they were still good by the end. So that was a really good sign. But like some of them, I was like, holy crap, like we need to, like, yeah, I need to like some time away from it. Mm-hmm. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to play it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to sing it. But it's true. Like the the longer you wait, then coming back to it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You come at it with a slightly different perspective. I don't know necessarily, I, I guess we change and that's part of it, but also just time in general, just forgetting about stuff and like remembering like, oh yeah, I remember we made that choice and it sounds this way and that was a good choice. Or So um, yeah, it's it's just always nice to take time for sure. Yeah, I think when you're into it, your ideals are somewhere and when you take time away from it, those aren't as present and often those ideals are like unattainable most of the time, right? Uh, so when we're like, this one was so conceptual for us because we were working on it when we weren't rehearsing, when we didn't have a band. Like, we couldn't actually try it out. It was all in our heads, right? So we were constantly stuck in our head when we were working on it. So that was kind of hard to kind of um, get those two things to 
kind of gel together. So having that time, I think, lets you just sort of accept it as what it is mm-hmm. and not like what it should have been or could have been because that just doesn't matter, I guess. All right. And now let's let's start talking about uh, instrumentation on this album because it is, you guys sort of, at, at points you're like, hey, look, at it. we're like, if the XX had a soul, and then at other points you're like, hey, also we can do Euclidean rhythms really well. We're kind of math rocky. How, how does that start coalescing into a whole? Because there's, you, you experiment with a wide variety of styles on this thing. Like, what's that like bringing up old material and then like presenting that to a band and how's the band interpret it? Like how, how do you guys start working on this sort of stuff? I think um, Julian and Pascal bring the ideas to the table and as a band we all try it out and and we all have our distinct voices as um, artists, right? So everyone's trying to to put a little bit of themselves in it and I think for this album particularly um, Julian and Pascal kind of took control of of what they wanted it to sound like. Um, as like a concept album. And um, so I think it's just bringing a little bit of yourself into the music and and they kind of decided if that's what they wanted for each song. I don't know if that is clear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is difficult in that sense. Like this one was, it was kind of like we kind of came with it with everything sort of written already. It wasn't as much, it was there was there wasn't that much room, I guess, uh, as other things or as some new stuff we're working on, for example, where we're just trying different ways to write, and that the the, the thing about Foreign Life is that we were just trying a very specific way to write a record, um, and so it was difficult or challenging at times to get everyone to understand that this wasn't the way that we'd want to work forever. It was just we I, we were trying to focus on just a a workflow or a method for that time being. Uh, because I think most of us, were, or at least, uh, you know, me and Julian were really more process oriented. Uh, we're interested in like how to get there and just trying different things. And so it was more like, okay, let's try to make a record this way. And then let's try to get everyone on the same page for that way. And then the next thing, whatever, mm-hmm. we're going to do, you know, another record and it'll be just, just radio tracks or it'll be just instrumental or just <laughs> jams. Like it doesn't matter. We, we love music. So it doesn't care as long as we're producing Sorry, I mean, we don't care as long as we're producing content that we, you know, feel good about. Yeah, and so. that we like. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think also that's, like, kind of the cool thing is uh, us six, we have such a, um, we it's such a varied background in music. Like, some of us have just, you know, straight up just been listening to a bunch of music their whole lives. And then some of us went to school for music, a lot of classical background stuff. Um, I have more of a jazz background, so it's kind of we have such a diverse like um, interest in music. So it, the second you get a group of people like together, even though like we did write a lot of the stuff, it's just impossible not to think about all the, the stuff that's like uh, in our arsenal. Like, Oh crap. Like clarinet would be perfect here. And it just so happened. Like Yolanda is sick at clarinet <laughs> <laughs> and, and she can write really beautiful stuff. So it's like, you know, it was a bit of all of that. And on top of that, we had access to, good string players and French horn (laughs) 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 and uh, yeah our good friend uh, Greg Jones shout out out to Greg Jones (laughs) and um, yeah so it's it's great it's yeah 
I, I, oh, variety, I guess. is. Mm-hmm. You know, they say it, it takes a piece of sand to, to make a pearl. What sort of grit came up during the writing of this album where, like, where were the real challenging aspects about incorporating six different styles, six different varieties into one? Trying to make that, because, you know, your album is, it's cohesive. Uh, you, you go on different uh, little stylistic tangents here and there, but it all it all ties together in a in a neat foreign life package, uh, which I think you guys are holding on the front cover. I don't know what that is. I don't know why you're all covered in foil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> At least they dress this time. That's my face. <laughs> it's it's actually Pascal's face. Oh no yeah, way! Mold yeah, it. It's yeah. a cast. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, it's um, those are two questions. So maybe let's start. <laughs> I'll start with this one. Um, <laughs> the cast, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a cast on my face, um, and it's based off a like one of the first plastic surgery hospitals in the world, in Japan actually, and they would wear these sort of costumes. I guess they had a functional reason; they weren't just aesthetic. Uh, but I don't really know why they would wear those. Um, and they would test cosmetics on uh, people's skin with that. So I guess some products were pretty gnarly. If they had to wear like oh. these kind of hazard suits. <laughs> so I'm, I, you can read that whatever way you want. But it's basically a band picture. Um, yeah. Everyone's mm-hmm. face is in it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for the sand, the sand t- that makes a pearl. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sandy pearl. I, I, well, I mean, I think one of the things was... Like like Pascal said, like this this time around for this album, we decided to make it a certain way with a certain process, and I think the key to that was pretty much folk folk songwriting. That was the the line where like Pascal could pick up a guitar and pretty much play most of the record by himself if need be, and on top of that, then that's where we get creative and we can do whatever we want. And that's where it's like, we don't really worry about, as long as it sounds good, uh, we don't, we're down to try some crazy arrangements. Like, that's all good. As long as the songwriting is like, well done. And like, that's step one, right? So. Yeah, I guess we were approaching it as a folk record, like the writing process, but we wanted to not make it sound that way. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the hell of it, because we'd never done that before. Um, and so that I guess that was the challenge, um, and maybe there's a good reason why people don't do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean the challenge mainly was like time and space. It took a lot of time, and it was difficult to secure the right spaces, um, like especially for tracking drum the way we wanted it and whatnot. That was a learning experience. We also record everything ourselves uh, like everything is very DIY even though we try to not it's not really a, like the point you know I, I don't like make it look like there's a boom mic in the picture or something like, it's not a <laughs> B film uh, but everything is done by us that there's very little involvement from third parties if there are it's friends or collaborators it's not as much of like an exchange of service or something like that um, so that was kind of challenging in the sense because we're learning about mic positioning using different mics, screwing up, or getting nailing it, you know. Oh, we should have put two mics on the snare. Or a time, mistake right? sounds amazing. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. Like, that's what we need to do. Exactly, yeah. So that that was definitely a part of it. Um, and also just, just coming to terms with some of the arrangements. Like, it's not going to sound like how it sounds in your head because um, this is real life. 
So that was uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a part of it. Yeah. Through little life first, because it's a little bit longer. It's a little, it's a little meteor. How how did how did the 
were the words done in the same way? Like they were all done three years before and then sort of the structure around it came second? Uh, yeah, it was kind of written as an acoustic track. Yeah. Um, I actually played it, I think. Yeah, I would play it solo with an acoustic track before. The words kind of changed a little bit. I had a different structure for it. Like if you had to really boil it down, it just goes A, B, A um, section wise. Um and it used to be like something like A B A C or something. Oh, like yeah. Genesis it had an Abacab. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so it's changed a little bit. And the words, like I had some ideas or some things I really wanted. Uh, like, fine, what do I mean? Like that little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. That was the part that I really liked. I wanted to keep that. Um, the middle section definitely change, I think. Yeah, that that was the newest like addition. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so anyways, yeah, it started kind of like as a more stripped down um, song, and then we were like, ah, oh, we just want to make it as electronic as possible. Uh, yeah, it was almost like a, as a challenge, like, yeah. oh, can we just make a crazy electronic song that, <laughs> that just for the hell of it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So the song is more. Yeah, it's kind of like it's. It sort of like ends where it starts off or starts off where it ends, but it if lyrically you had to look at it and melodically, it's just an A to Z. Like there is not that much repetition on it. So it's more like a there's kind of a story there. Um and it kind of like the intention behind it just grew into sort of coming to terms with uh like your own death, I guess. Like as if you were as if you're able to experience your own death, because I, I don't think anyone really is, because uh, you're dead, so you can't actually comment on it. Um, but in this case, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of the idea of it, and it's kind of just, I yeah, I, I think that's the gist of it lyrically. I'd have to kind of skim through it again actually to remind myself <laughs> yeah and then musically yeah we there was some really cool stuff we like experimented with on there um like creating like these kind of really deep bass sounds uh using like lots of layered kind of bass to create one bass sound hmm. um similar to what you'd find in like you know what they're doing in edm or like even like american dubstep and that kind of stuff um which is fun. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we learned a lot about side chaining while we were uh, working on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, it's some cool, like some creative side chaining because you yeah, can do yeah, like you can do the normal one, yeah. yeah side chaining. Um, the one thing that was cool is that we made sure the bass synth did this sort of like every time it would release with the decay that's going down, it would go up an octave. Yeah, and it's a very subtle thing, but I, that was really fun <laughs> to like kind of tweak that sound so that. The decay would just go up an octave. There's like this little subtle like like at the end of every note. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, and then the drum beat that was something that Julian spent a lot of time on. The like kind of like clackety. Yeah, yeah. It's all pretty much manually like programmed. Well, I, I actually performed first, like just looping the song for hours and just like figuring out different grooves on there. Like what sounds the best? What communicates those? Fat bass note notes the best, so I thought, oh, the smartest thing would be to have like really high end stuff to contrast it, and um, yeah, and then I just went to town on that, just, <laughs> yeah. just played on on my MPD, yeah. 
And uh, Julian's vocal is actually in the middle section. Oh, yeah, it's He's true. He's a yeah. sample. So we did a lot of our, like, sampling. We re All of our samples are usually field recordings or they're, like, samples of us that we just, like, tweak or resample. So that's a good example of it in that track. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Sometimes Pascal will just write a little something, record it and stuff, and um, I'll just think of an idea. Uh, so I don't have time to really program it or something, so I just grab a mic and just sing into it just quickly and record it and then walk away. And like Pascal like found one of those recordings and he's like, oh, that actually... I just processed <laughs> the I'll shit try, out of it. I'll try yeah. something with that. And then, yeah, he just put some crazy effects on there and yeah, it made it into a final recording. So yeah, that was a fun one. Probably something that differentiates folk from new folk. Is that what you guys oh, God. are listening to as? <laughs> Uh, yeah, kind of. I, Are you I guys mean, like the Slipknot of new folk? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Our life set's been heavy these days. Um, I'm not even joking. A lot of masks. Yeah, still wearing the mask yeah. on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's difficult with all these like subgenres and all this stuff, and like. The second you have a hard time telling someone what you are, it's like they lose almost interest instantly, unless they're like they love music in general or something. Um, not to say that it happens all the time, but it's something that we frequently get into. It's like we're too weird for the cool kids, but too cool for the weird kids. So it's like, eh, it's really hard. Like we just end up like having a difficult time <laughs> with that. Sometimes we're we're learning. Yeah. When I was first starting out as an ambient musician, I used to get introduced to people as such mm. and they go, oh, wow, you're a musician. I was like, well, of the laptop and ambient music is sort of the detritus of other music. And you can just see their yeah. interest, like their eyes just sort of glaze over and they're like, I hope I die soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's tough. Like you, you really have to you really have to learn how to. Uh, you know, sell your elevator pitch, yeah. essentially. Yeah. It's hard with Ambient because it's like, oh, you, you, you're you Brian Eno. <laughs> like, he, he owns that genre, so you yeah. have to yeah. find yeah. another term. Devotional. But that's true. It's always... <laughs> Devotional so, drone. New age. It's always easier to just find whatever that that phrase, like... That little gimmicky, catchy. Yeah, yeah. Idea. People love to know what, in one second, what you do, so... What you are, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm like folky kind of like younger paul simon and people immediately are like oh cool okay i know exactly what that sounds like you know and i love paul simon i wish he was young yeah, yeah like then listen to this guy like, or whatever yeah but uh it's, we tried yeah. uh we tried art rock for a bit but we got the comment that it sounded too pretentious then we were yeah. like well fuck fuck that yeah that wasn't <laughs> i've been just saying pop that's what i've been saying these days pop, music? pop yeah i mean yeah. pop music pop yeah. well when we released candy People were like, oh, a dream pop band. And we're like, well, that's the only song that sounds like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't know. False advertising. Yeah. I think in the future, what we're going to try to do, because we like a lot of different music, is we're going to try to like tie it in, like make it a bit more focused stylistically per record, and then just do a couple like different records. I think it'd be fun for us to kind of release like two or three records, like even in the same year. Uh, and they're just all different, even if they're EPs or whatever. But in within them, it's a specific kind of voice or something because we you know we really like electronic music but we maybe want to do some pop tracks and let's not try to mash them together we'll just do them separately and then everyone's happier and <laughs> yeah, instead of making this one massive yeah. conceptual my like, parents don't have to worry <laughs> <all -encompassing. laughs> I think everyone's confused yeah it's <laughs> awful cbc3 has a safe byline to say yeah <laughs> they're they actually are maybe the only ones that actually like really play our music Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and kind of get it. So that's good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Are you guys part of the Signal Club? Yeah. 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 They're uh, really great. Lori Brown has been... You know, did, did Greg show you the little clip of Lori Brown talking about the picture? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Lori Brown came to town. Mm-hmm. That sounds good, huh? Lori Brown came to town. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she came to town last summer and um, she did a live show. Mm-hmm. And she had swag with her and stuff like that. So I think Yolan and Greg got shirts and then we were rehearsing the other day and they were wearing the same shirt so you know i just i always send her stuff like i used to send her like mail uh, like mail and stuff like with her new record and whatnot because she's been so nice to us and she just loved that um mm-hmm. what did she well do? she mentioned it on her radio show oh nice. she mentioned that like pony girl like two of the members showed up with the signal shirts <laughs> oh, I think I saw that photo actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. Sure it is. I funny. was like, oh my god, Lori Brown's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like every now and then, there's a friend calling us up, being like, oh my god, you're on the signal right now. This is so sick. It's my favorite show, and you guys are on it. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Or the funniest <laughs> one we've good. we've had is like it was. I really, really happy to hear you on the signal, but it was kind of strange listening to you because I was having sex. <laughs> and I was like, uh, cool. I was like, I don't know what you say. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hope it was Thanks. sexy. Sorry. What song was it? It was Sun in the Morning. <laughs> Can we talk for a second? And this will be Riley's nerd out for the podcast about the drum beat on Candy. Yeah. Because it is so annoying. But it fits it so well. <laughs> but it's so annoying yeah. because, like, it, it it's so. And we'll play we'll play a little clip of it in the podcast because it's sort of, you know, sort of what you have a sense from the beginning of the song yeah. what it's going to be, and so you know what to sort of settle in for. Yeah. But the drums never let you do that. Oh. You sort of it's just like that's. Is that a one sixteenth triplet? No, I think that's just out of time. Like it's it, 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 it's, it's it's really 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 it's bad. But then you get to the end of it and you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. That worked. That yeah. worked well. Yep. We're forcing you to accept yeah. us with all the faults. Yeah, and you're putting so yeah. many different other pretty things in that track to sort of like smooth it over as much as possible. But it's like a little bit of crunchy peanut butter at the end of a smooth mm. oh, song. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you just you can't eat candy for supper. That's just it. We're not gonna give it to you. So that's it. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of a point, I guess. We were yeah, yeah. We're it's, just trying to. It, I mean, we're not trying to make a point, but we're we were trying to like specifically do that with the drums, like experiment kind of out out of the grid a little bit. Yeah, it's if. It's actually all extremely precisely on time in the weirdest way. Um, and I'm like the biggest nerd with that stuff. Like, um, so I, I, um, I, I prefer that to like the traditional, like boring ass, just four, four normal pop stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, that, and, and we, we made sure we left it nice and loud and like, yeah, almost annoyingly. Well, it's one present. of those things yeah. where you like you'd be able to go through just fucking Ableton and just be like, okay, boom, tss, boom, tss, and then just loop it and run it through the entire track, and it sound fine. But you guys have gone through, and it's like every bar is a little bit different. Like it's, it's the way I love to make music, but it's the way that I know a lot of people get frustrated. Like, how what was that process like for that song versus? you know, trying to make it fit in because it's it's a lump in the bed for foreign life. I, you, you, 
what made you guys think you could go out like this and then bring it back down to? It's mm, a good question. Yeah, the, uh, I think with candy, the idea is is sort of what that means, like literally, like you know, a lot of records will kind of lean on a single uh, or multiple singles. Actually, the best records, if I had to look at numbers, you could say that all of the songs are singles. You know, like a lot, a lot of artists are doing that. Um, you know, bless their souls. And um, <laughs> so that was kind of the idea. It's like, oh, this is, oh, here, here's our single. Like, uh, we were kind of joking, but not really. Um, and and we kind of wanted to play with that. Like, can we make a song that the verses is the same? It's the same progression the entire time. We did that on purpose. We just wanted to see, can we make a track that doesn't move? Like, it's it's literally three chords the entire time. That's it. That's all it is. There's nothing else to it. It's the same, yeah. It's the most mundane shit you can think of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, Is that like, why you chose not to play last night in Montreal. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, catch on. We can't play. Yeah, no. We just thought it was kind of funny that to, okay, let's just call it candy, and we'll make it as digestible as possible in that sense. But we kind of took some liberties there, like you're saying with exactly. the drum beat. We just decided to have the entire thing from the start to the finish. None of it. Ever, everything. None of it beautiful <laughs> is you know it's it's tweaked you know it's none of it is is like quantized or anything like that we, we really we perform everything on uh, pads and stuff like that i mean we'll go in sometimes and move it around but yeah also we were listening to a lot of uh like flying lotus and stuff at the time <laughs> yeah. and and like oh my god you're dead is full of that stuff it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you know it's like that kind of i mean um yeah it's not exactly what candy, what we did on candy, but like it's it's the fact that it's off makes you groove even harder to it because it forces you to like like look at it in a different way and just be like, oh, like you squint at it a little bit and you're like, oh, I get it. You know, it's like it's it's not what I was expecting. It's but. also I think for us with electronic music, we're we're so fond of it. We listen to it. Um, like I, I almost exclusively listen to like hip hop and electronic music, and I know it's not like that popular. And it's trying to like bring that to to different listeners, and like showing how like much emotion and feeling and performance you can put into that. Like it doesn't mean that you're using a digital uh, device or hardware, or computer, or whatever. That it it can't be meaningful and interesting and groovy and musical and all this stuff and. That that's a big thing for us. I think we we really think that electronic music is as strong as any other type of acoustic music. And in every most of, of our instances playing it, we make sure that it's performed, especially live. We really want to prove that it's not just stuck to a grid or like oh electronic music. It's just house music. It's just yeah. you know like the the, press play the kick is like on one, the snare is on two, uh, you know, and then three and four, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's not how it works right and maybe there were limitations at some point but there aren't any more so yeah yeah sky's the limit it's an expressive medium i think so it's just as much if not more than a, a traditional instrument yeah i mean we're all like we're pretty interested julian and i in production too it's something that we've been spending like time on since we kind of originally started music and we sort of dabbled in it we started maybe in 2011 or 10 and then we've just been learning we just yeah, it's been great. It's been really the best thing to happen for me, at least as far as writing goes and sharing. Uh, it's difficult to express and to share music with other musicians uh, when everyone's different. You know, some people like charts, some people don't like charts. Sometimes you, you know, you want to have your song there to see how long it is because maybe 
that's a part of the writing process. Like with Foreign Life, the length of the tracks was a big part of writing, which is before we didn't we never gave a fuck about that. Like it wasn't the point, you know. But we wanted to just see, hey, let's think about time when we're writing this time, just because. Like I don't necessarily think it's a good practice, but I wanted to bring it into that. And with kind of the electronic production and the medium, you can do that. You can actually visually see it. And you can say, oh, let's let's like cut a little bit of the verse, see see what that does. How much? Oh, that's like twenty seconds less. Mm, cool. Okay, I like that number. It's like you know, three thirty. Ooh, wow, great number. Let's use that one. Like these kind of weird decisions that are that you couldn't really necessarily make with just a guitar. It'd be different feelings, or so that's been kind of fun. When did you guys make the decision to do to keep all production in house? Because that's mm. that's a big decision. I Especially think if you guys yeah. are still sort of discovering yourselves. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah, I think that's a very good, a well, very good question. I think the way we started, I, I think the initial thing was because we have worked in studios before and um, like with Dean Watson and stuff in our, with our old band and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, Dave and Draves. Yeah, Dave Draves. Yeah. 2008. <laughs> oh, my God. The first <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, and... Um, uh, where was I going with this? Um, oh yeah, essentially it's uh, this time around. I think we just decided, okay, you know what? Let's just start the production process ourselves, and we'll go as far as we can ourselves without necessarily paying for like a studio day and like doing it there and stuff like that. Let's just do as far as we can. Like we have some gear. Let's buy a couple more, you know, not too expensive pieces of gear. Like let's let's try some stuff out, and it just ended up like we did most of the work before it became like, oh, we need to start involving another person in this. And by the time that stage happened, that was pretty much, it just needed to get mixed, like professionally <laughs> by someone who's like... Objective. Just, <laughs> actually, that's what it is. Yeah, just someone who's never heard it and can like literally say like, oh, this sucks. This is good. This sucks. This is good. Or this needs to be panned way left or, you know, like things maybe we hadn't really thought of. And uh, yeah, that objectivity just like, easily helped us finish the the record because you know if you're just making the, the entire thing from songwriting to mastering all yourself it will never get done because you'll tweak it you'll you'll work on it forever yeah. uh, so so that was like really good we worked with uh, our friend uh, Denis Martin in uh, Montreal and he's uh, he's really good and he had access to some sweet rooms in uh, McGill the McGill uh, studios oh no way and that was really some nice clinical mixing there. oh it's crazy <laughs> the mastering room is like you sit in like the perfect spot in the middle and all the speakers around you are perfect it's, it's like a leveled. headphone mix in a room it's, <laughs> it's <fucked> crazy <laughs> yeah yeah so that was super interesting and i mean we're learning we were mixing a bit on that record but we're still i'm not I'm, i personally am not confident yet with fully mixing like i i know what i want to get to and i'm still learning how to get there um and i think a big part of us self-producing is just to have less stress uh more flexibility more comfort uh we can experiment more without being like oh fuck we just spend like another $300 like fucking with mic placement or with like that's fine if you can do it and if you can you can feel good about that, but we're, you know, we're we're. Th I think the first time we got our first grant, actually, that's kind of what decided let's self-produce. Like we got money. Uh, 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 well, we got money. Excuse me. <laughs> you know, a gangster rapper here. <laughs> we have some money, so maybe let's use like let's get an interface, some monitors. Let's get a couple condenser mics, a couple dynamic mics. 
and see what we can do and like start learning that way, right? So I think that was the incentive for us, like kind of getting a bit of support from uh, from different outlets to kind of start creating and whatnot and getting a bit of control on that end. Um, and now, I mean, especially with comp- like, you know, DAWs and like computers and whatnot, it's, you might as well learn how to do it. Um, the only reason why we've been going into studio or working with other people is just, again, to get objectivity, to have access to expertise or like, you know, some Newman mic that we could never, ever get our hands on. Mm-hmm. And we probably don't end up using it because it sounds like not right for us. <laughs> so It's so indicative of uh, uh, the way I think people should be recording these days, which just sort of, I mean, you can see here, at least one of the mics is uh, taped up. Uh, another mic yeah. stand uh, doesn't have a screw yeah, in it Yeah, that shit don't matter. So can't really. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you can get the sound you want, yeah. it doesn't matter. The recording, who, who gives a fuck? Like, honestly, make it dirty if you want. Like I, especially these days, like I've been trying to like track drums, like as a sample, like you just use a phone and you track your fucking drum. Like yeah. it's yeah, like, yeah. there's no rules, especially it's now like, because it's so like easy to do it yourself. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like drop your keys on the floor, record it, and you can turn that into a kick, you know, <laughs> yeah, beat, like yeah. you can you turn that into a whole burial song. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. don't buy any like canned samples and stuff. You can make way better sounds. And yeah. what's nice about it and, I guess what gives us a bit of like confidence or like we, I, what I personally like about it is that it's, it's completely unique. It's, that sound has never been heard before. You're the only one to have captured it in that way. Right. So that's exciting. I think in music nowadays and a lot of people are doing it and that's kind of cool. I think. I think it's nice because there was sort of that period for me in my head, it always stands as like the MySpace period, sort of like 2000, 2005, where sort of, uh, people started, or like companies started producing sort of uh, prosumer equipment. And so everybody started making music at prosumer uh, spaces, but they didn't have any life to them because everything was supposed to be so perfect. So I was like, here's the MIDI guitar. And it was just, it was completely devoid of noise. And you'd listen to these pieces on MySpace and you're like, it's missing something. And what it was missing was just sort of like, that spark of life, the fact that like someone actually went into a studio and recorded something and there was a little bit of space between that person things. And now we're sort of we're starting to reclaim that again with just people being able to make music literally anywhere, like record, record your keys dropping uh, with a phone, pitch it down. You've got like aliens fucking fucking each other. That's it's it's nuts. Um, and I'm glad to see that, you know, new new folk bands are also embracing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, none of this was recorded in a studio. Everything was done mobile in our own spaces or in spaces that we were lent or we borrowed, uh, borrowed I guess, to be the same thing as being lent something. Um, yeah, so it was like all, everything was? Everything. Nothing is done in studio. Zero. Yeah, the entire thing. It all sounds fantastic. Like, I've listened to it on headphones for like the last three or four days in preparation for this interview. It all sounds incredible. And it was all done, like just anywhere, piecemeal, sort of. Yeah, Julian's bedroom, my bedroom, or or shitty ass basement. Yeah. <laughs> all the vocals. Also, we, we were moving houses. At, in yeah, the middle. we did it between it was, two spaces, two two houses. So like one, once we had like a week left, and all our stuff was out of it. So we it was an empty house. So we just kind of experimented with the different rooms and the echoes we would get from from that. Yeah, the one thing we did different this time is we did not record drums in a bed in a living room. Uh, we went to just a bigger space um, to record them. 
And that helped a lot. Like, I, I think out of all, from, I mean, from what I know so far, I don't know anything about recording. I have no background. Um, recording drums, it's really important to just get a room that you enjoy uh, the sound of or that is just a bit bigger. Everything else just does not matter. It's true. Yeah, drums, it's the room you're in is almost as important as the drums and the mics and the placement and stuff. It's the room makes a big difference. Yeah, there's yeah. too many mics involved. You're going to capture a lot of the room. So if you don't like the room, it's going to suck. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. so that's the one thing we did different this time is we just made sure to record drums all in one space and a different space than our living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was there ever a point where you guys were like, we could just do the drums electronically let's just do that the entire time like what made you want to f bring in the live was it just the drummer yeah because they are yeah. the worst <laughs> jeff jeff is probably the best drummer we've ever played with yeah and that was the big he's an amazing like performer and musician and it's something that we get also like last night that's a comment i get from people in the crowd uh and I mean, that's the reason why. Like, he's he's amazing. So we need to get him on there. Yeah, it's, and like we love good drums too. Yeah, you know, it's like I I couldn't. That would suck just to have like no drums at all. Like mm -hmm. at least in in a record that I make, like that we make. Um, no, <laughs> whoa, but I mean, whoa, whoa. I mean, the things I work on, I usually like drums. You know, mm. so especially when you have a, like. A player that's this good. Well, we're not. We're just. Well. We're just not smart enough to program drums that are at his level. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We cannot do that. So yeah, it'd be really hard. Yeah, yeah. we're just not capable. So that's why he is yeah, capable. I guess that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like the drums on the entire album are so, especially like I said before, like you guys do delve into like a little bit more math rocky stuff. Right? So you want to put it jazz, um, <laughs> but just sort of like things where you're like, I have to count this out for a second. Okay, now I'm in, but the, the bass was in 3-4, but the drums are in 4-4, four, four, but they're singing in 5-4. Mm -hmm. and, and then it all sort of coalesces on one moment, and you guys put, like, it. those are, I love that sort of stuff. Um, but did, was, that, was that sort of a byproduct of having such a great drummer? Having, like, really a, a fan of that. yeah. He's yeah. always making beats, just the whole day. Yeah. I mean, we're nerds. Yeah, like, exactly. that's that's yeah. that's a good. We love reason. rhythm. Like, I think it's yeah. what it's all about. And I think our as we're moving forward with our new music, it's going to be way more groove based. Uh, we're just obsessed with just groove, like cool rhythms. Basically, that's what it boils down to. I think. All right, Adam. Any more questions? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, you guys have a show coming up, uh, Black Sheep, with. Uh Paper beat scissors. Yeah. Uh, anywhere else we can look forward to seeing you guys this summer coming up or yes. any announcements? We are make? playing June third at the plant in Montreal. Nice. With Run Coyote. Um, we are playing June twenty fifth at the Dragon Boat Festival at six thirty PM. It is free, all ages. Bring your children. And it, your older family members too. <laughs> <laughs> and probably Toronto. Oh yeah, during that time, yes. Um, well, n late May. Oh yeah, May right? May twenty eighth something. Yeah, twenty yeah. eighth. Um, at the Painted Lady. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right. Make sure to look out for you guys. 
Thanks. Thank you very Thank much. You. Yeah. Oh, well, Brian's there's got a question. You're not off the hook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's one question we ask everybody who comes on here because uh, it's just so important into establishing if someone is a real artist or not. Um, <laughs> so I can't I cannot answer that question. <laughs> uh, and you guys seem like, uh, you know, real artists the entire time we've been speaking. But uh, just just. Uh, who has been more influential to you, Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins? Oh, Peter Gabriel, for sure. Absolutely, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Correct.
Gracias.